Thank you, team. Oh, man. There's a real gentle spirit in the house today. I don't know if you noticed. There's a real gentleness. It's funny, eh? God can still move powerfully even when he moves softly, eh? What he can do. What he can do. Well, welcome to the Center Church, guys. You ready? Let's go, eh? Let's go. We're in this together. Thank you, Lindsay. That's what I want. We're in this together, Lindsay. We're in this together. Yeah, love that enthusiasm, I Love it. Give God that clap. <clears throat> hey, uh, my message today, I'm actually going to speak about being fearless. The Bible says in Proverbs 28.1 that the, the righteous are as bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. When you're in right standing with God and you know you've got God backing you, then you should not fear anything. We should be bold. But sometimes our boldness can get affected. But before I go on to that anyway, I just want to touch on the message from last week, which was on faith. Faith, massive topic in, in, in the Bible. And, uh, you know, James preached it last week, and there's something that I noticed last week about James's message. Great content, you know, great word, but the delivery was how it was delivered. There was an anointing on it that God placed on on James. And you know, James, I'll, I'll be thinking about you this week. You were thinking about the Browns last week. It's only fear. Um, God's freeing you up. God is freeing you up. And the more that he takes off of you and the freer you are, the more you move in the power of God. And he's giving you confidence in those little words that you're dropping for the big words to come. Amen? Amen. But it was a delivery. It was anointed. Now, when I say anointed, let me, let me do that. Because when I first came to church, I felt like I needed a glossary to understand some of the terminology. Anointing is, back in the old day, they used to get oil and they used to smear it on people, smear it all over them. Now, the oil represents the Holy Spirit. So when I say James was anointed, the Holy, Spirit's anointed, the, the, the Holy Spirit was smeared all over him as he spoke those words. So there, you, there, you learn something today. I found that message really challenging, but encouraging. And that's, that's not easy to do. <laughs> but it was challenging. But the fact is, that's exactly what faith is. We should be challenged. We, we get challenged to action. We get challenged to act upon our faith. And who knows, man? Who, who here knows how? It can be uncomfortable exercising your faith sometimes. Sometimes God gives you a word and you know it's God. And I'll tell you how you know, because it won't go away. Hey, it won't go away and it starts weighing on you because God wants you to speak it. But it's quite uncomfortable to do that. And we live in a generation who avoid uncomfortable. They do. They avoid the uncomfortable. We don't like to be... We want everything to be all good. God's in the mountain and he's in the valley. God shines out of darkness. He's actually even better. He's at his best when he's in the valley with you. Matthew 13, 31 to 32, it says... It talks about faith of a mustard seed. Now, has anyone here seen a mustard tree? Seen one? Man, they're huge. They're huge. I, I don't know. I didn't think about how mustard was made. I didn't know whether it was a fruit or a, or a bush or a tree. But this thing's massive. And it says in the Bible that the mustard seed is the least of all seeds, yet becomes the greatest of all herbs. What God's talking about there in faith is potential. The potential that's in you from doing the smallest thing, like even being here this morning. God's got something to, to, to respond to that. 
God's got something to give us and, and for us to act upon it. Amen? See, the Bible's riddled with underdogs. Hey, you ever look at it? He, God called so many people that, that on the surface you'd go, no, that should be that guy. But God doesn't look at the outward appearance. 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, God doesn't look at the outward man. He looks at the inward. See, God doesn't care who, how you appear to be or who you seem to be. God's, God's concerned in who we mean to be. Even if we're mucking up, even if we're mucking up, if we mean to, to be on God's side, we're trying to do things right, God can see past that. You know, I look at that mustard seed and it's a little bit like me. Hey, not, not little and then grew big, Pastor Robin, that's, that's a bit rough. Um, the, the mustard seed I look at like myself. You know, when I first came to this church, I couldn't speak publicly. And I've said this heaps of times, but I, and I know not many people believe me, but I could sit down and I could yarn with you guys or you guys and tell stories forever. But when I got into a public Formal setting, for some reason, there's something about when you get in a public setting, things change. I would get nervous. I would stumble all over my words. I would, uh, 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 it was horrible. And I would be I, I'd sitting there flailing, and I could see in the people's faces, like, oh, please, just get through this. <laughs> you know, it was horrible. But the thing is, when I came to God, God, <clears throat> God had people in the church that identified my my or things that God had given me before I even knew, before I even knew. And so I'd been coming for about six weeks, and I got invited to get involved in youth group. So I go to youth group, okay? So I come into youth group. It's not that bad, mate. It's not that bad. Um, yeah, I've had worse reactions to my preaching. If I'm honest, I've had worse reactions. Hey, um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, um, where was I with that? Yeah, the public speaking. So then I come to the youth group, okay? I come to the youth group, and they say to me, hey, you should get involved in a youth group. So I was like, yeah, cool, come along to youth. And uh, on my first night there, the pastor, youth pastor goes to me, oh, you might like to open in prayer. Hey. And I'm sitting there going, I might not. <laughs> Man, I'd, I, I've never prayed out loud in my life. I had honestly never prayed out loud in my life. And then I had to open in prayer. Man, it was the shortest prayer. It was a very short, powerful though, Pastor Robin. Powerful, but nah. It was, it was the, the, the stinkest, <laughs> shortest prayer that you could think of. And I said it. But I said it. Then the next week it was like, hey, you might like to welcome everyone. Hey guys, welcome to Centre Youth. Next week it might, hey, you might want to intro people. You know, intro, you know. Then you might want to uh, do tithes. Then you might like to give a little testimony. It's a mustard seed. It started as a mustard seed. But if I had not got up and prayed out loud... I would never be here now preaching. God works line upon line, precept upon precept. He builds. And so I look at that like me, that if I hadn't done the little things. So God's always going to give you little things that lead to big things. So we've got to be good stewards of that, eh? Anyway, that's about enough of faith. Um, I'm going to start talking about what I really want to talk about, which is fear. Yeah, fear. Yeah, I'm talking about fear today. Eh? Because fear... It opposes faith. It actually cannot coexist with faith. And fear hinders us from doing the things that God has called us to do and do them as, as bold as a lion. Man, that's, what, that's what's happening here. 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God did not give us a spirit of fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear. So where does the fear come from? From the world, from the enemy, from the devil. 
That's where all the pressure comes from, is from the world. It says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And it says a sound mind, and another version says self-control. Love and self-control. 1 John 4.18 says, perfect love casts out all fear. You know, so in those two versions, we've got love, love, love. We've also got self-control. Self-control is a big one. You've got to have self-control to stay in love. If you've got no self-control, you're going to go off everywhere, man. Proverbs 25, 28 says that a city with no walls, with broken down walls, uh, is... Hang on, no. Let's get this right before I say it. Eh? Okay. A, 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 city with, uh, a, a city with broken down walls... No, hang on, Leah, let's get this right, eh? Here we are. I was starting from the end and trying to go back round. Okay, so whoever has no rule over his own, so whoever has no self-control over his spirit is like a city with broken down walls, defenseless. If you've got a city and there's no walls around it, everything that gets fired at that gets hit. And that's what happens when we've got no self-control. Everything someone says to you, every attack that comes, everything, it flares us up. Got to have some self-control. So I'm looking at this going, there's a theme here, and it's love. Theme here, and it's love. And you know, when you look at the world, this is what happens in a world that is lacking love. This is, this is what happens when, when, there's, when, when love is starting to lack in the world. The selfishness, the, opinionate, you know, the opinions, the attacks, the everything. There's a lack of love in the world. You know, if I'm honest, the church, we could do better too. We could do better. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that love is the greatest gift of all. Great. Do you know that love is the greatest gift that we can have? It's the greatest gift we can give, and it's the greatest gift we can receive. Love. That is the greatest gift. Yeah. And it says in 1 Corinthians 13 that even if we speak the word of God, the truthful word of God, if we speak it in the wrong way, we're like a clanging cymbal. It says like we're like a gong. I've seen that happen. I've seen the word be used in wrong ways. If it's not spoken in love, it doesn't matter how right you are. If, it's, if, we, if we go about things the wrong way, it, we're not going to get God's results. We're not going to get them. And that's the greatest gift of all that we have. Um, yeah. Greatest gift. You know, the devil hasn't upped his game. He hasn't upped his game. There's just more people playing on his side now. There's just more people playing it. There's more people in the team. He, do you know the devil's actually very limited in what he can do? That's why he's repetitive and he just tries the same things, same things. Fear, doubt, fear, doubt, worry. Very limited in what he can do. He hasn't upped his game. He hasn't got any more powerful. He's just got more people playing it. You know, we focus on the bad, then we miss the power of God. Because fear focuses on evil, faith focuses on the power of God, of what God's going to do in spite of what's happening, in spite of everything going around. See, God wants to work in spite of situation. He wants to work above circumstances, and he wants to work beyond our understanding. Has anyone had God work beyond your understanding? Man, I've had God do things that I'm, tilt my head, man. Tilt my head. I'm sitting there going, how did that? And I'll tell you what, I'd go crazy if I tried to work it out. Hey, you know why? Because God is far, man, like, can't even comprehend God sometimes, he's so great. 
You know, our little minds sometimes get a little bit tilted by what God can do. But he wants to work beyond circumstances. And he wants to work in, even in spite of everything going wrong. Because I'll tell you what, if we're waiting for that perfect moment where everything's good physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, enjoy that 10 seconds because that's about as long as it lasts. Hey. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with being uncomfortable sometimes. Uncomfortable actually creates change and gets you to where you need to be. Hey. So let's not be too scared of the uncomfortable. I've had a lot of uncomfortable. I'm learning about it now. Yeah. Philippians 4.7 says that God will give you the peace, of uh, the peace of God that surpasses understanding. So even when you shouldn't have peace, when there's no reason to have peace, when everyone else is around you going, I cannot understand why you're so peaceful, he'll give you peace. God will give you peace. There is a, there is a peace that we can get hold of in any, any circumstance, in any situation. All right, Matthew 6.34. This scripture cracks me up. It says, uh, it talks about worry, and it says that we've pretty much that we've got enough to worry about today. Who hasn't got enough to worry about today? Anyone need some worry? Anyone need some more worry for you? Okay, I'll get you some later on. Nah. Um, but here's the thing. You know, we've got enough to worry about now that is real today. We don't have to worry about things that may never happen because they're not real. They're actually not real. The amount of stuff that people worry about that is, uh, isn't real. It just isn't real. Like, here's the thing. So we worry about our past, don't we? So we worry about our past. And what do you normally do when you worry about your past? You condemn yourself. You rerun things in your head and you overthink it. And you're worrying about a conversation you had on Tuesday with someone and you thought you said the wrong thing and no one else is thinking about it. But you are. And you're just running it over in your head and you're just going over and overthinking. Then we get ahead of ourselves. We can be futuristic and get ahead of ourselves and worry about things in the future. Things that may never, ever, ever happen. And usually don't. Most of the stuff that I've worried about over the years hasn't even come to pass. I'm honest. You know, it says uh, we've got too much to worry about. Too much to worry about. Do you know we worry about nobodies? Hey, we worry about anonymous people that we don't even know, and we worry about them. We worry about everybody. We worry about, we worry about so much. You know? I read this and it says, uh, worry is interest paid in advance on a debt never due. Hey. So that would be like me saying, uh, excuse me, uh, Mason, can you start paying me interest on a $10,000 loan? You start paying me the interest and I never give you the 10 grand. Sounds like a good deal. Um, but yeah, and that's what worry is. We start paying, we start paying with our worry. That's the interest. And in and and and, and three or four days, everything works out. And it's all good and we go, oh. We've got enough to worry about right now, right today. And look, I'm not saying it's easy. Eh? I stand up here and I say it quickly. It makes it sound real easy. Oh, I struggle with this, man. I'm just saying, this is, this is what I have to do. I have to remind myself. Yeah. We worry about things that are out of our control. Eh? We worry about, you know, like, these days, you know, you've got, you've got a generation that worry about um, climate change. Don't get me wrong, I've just, I've just plucked this out there. I'm just using this as an example, and don't get me wrong. We've got to do things to help the climate. But, you know, you've got young people growing up feeling like they single-handedly have to save the planet for the whole of humanity. <laughs> oh, it's my climate change, you know? And they worry about things that are actually out of your control. You know, for me, I get annoyed. 
You know, every week I do my recycling and I put my plastics out and I separate them and I do all that. And then I read in the newspaper that they've set a nuclear bomb off in the Pacific or they're, or they're testing some bomb in North Korea. And yet my recycling is going to change the world. You know, like don't worry, I still recycle. What I'm saying is that you can't worry about things that are outside of your control because at the end of the day, God's got it all under control. Here's a goodie. We worry about offending people. I don't worry about that much, but... You can tell I don't, I don't. I'm a fan, I offend people all the time. Honestly, I didn't even mean to. I'm just gifted. I think I'm actually, I actually think I'm gifted at it. Because I do, I, and I can see it in their faces. Because like, we'll all be smiling and they'll be like, oh, did he say that? But he, let's be honest, people are offended about, people get offended by their own shadow. These are, hey, their own shadow offends them these days. Do you know the thing I don't like that's happening in the world today is false concern false care and it's almost like manipulative it says oh don't you agree with me oh then you mustn't care oh do you not love do you hate hey and it's trying to force you to believe something or agree with something that you don't agree and then twist it and make out like you're being horrible i don't like that in ephesians 4 25 it said we're to be as shrewd as a snake and as gentle as a dove i love that hey you gotta have a balance man can't be all soft there's got to be something in the middle. But we do. We worry about this false concern, and it's, it's a fear-based, narrative-driven social revolution of people just making stuff up and wanting us to all agree with it. Yeah. And the thing about it is if you worry and you worry and you worry, it becomes fear. And fear hinders us. Fear will stop you in your tracks, man, from doing what you need to. Have you heard of fight or flight? Fight or flight. So you get in a situation, you're either going to fight, you're going to run. You know, sometimes you've got to plant your back foot, man, and stand, hey, and fight. You know, sometimes you've got to plant your back foot. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, we worry and we worry and it hinders us. And, and, you know, the thing is, none of us can live in this heightened sense of fear and worry. You can't sustain that. You live there too long and it's going to affect your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, your emotional health. Everything. We can't live in that. Hey, has some, any, hey, surely people have been there where, where you just feel like every day it's there and it's there and it's just constant and it doesn't seem like it's going away. You can't sustain that forever. You have to hand that over to God. And, and, and that's going to take some faith, which means you can't be fearful about it. You've got to hand it over to God. Because we are not designed to carry the stress. Why do you think so many people are affected these days with anxiety? Mental well-being, all that sort of stuff. This is why. It's the world that we live in. They're living in a, in a constant place that they can't sustain. And then you end up crashing. You know, that's why in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are burdened, hey, and I will give you rest. Now, I love that because he doesn't say, Hey, come to me with your burdens and I'll take them off you straight away. He says, I'll give you rest while you're carrying that burden, and I'll actually probably give you a hand with it. And I've already sorted it out. So don't be fearful and don't worry. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Mark 4.35, I'm going to use this. This is the last, couple, last bit. We're, we're, we're heading into the home straight. You guys are doing really well. This is about when Jesus was on the boat. So he just preached all these real bangers, man, like he had all these parables and done the service all, all day. Imagine preaching all day. Hey, 
I'm actually losing a bit of wind now. <laughs> but, you know, all day, preached all day. And so he was so tired that he jumped in the boat and he said, let's go over to the other side. Now, as he's asleep, we, most of you know the story. While he's asleep, a big storm comes and it starts rocking the boat. Hey, thing. Something interesting that I noticed, because I've read this scripture lots of times, but reading it again last night, you know, so you had, you had a storm on the outside. Hey, you had the people on the inside freaking out. So there was a storm on the inside. It was like a haka in the waka. Hey, everyone was just going off. And then you imagine that. But do you want to know something really funny? It wasn't the people inside that were, uh, sorry, it wasn't the outside storm that woke Jesus. Jesus slept through that storm. It was the internal storm. It was a storm that was happening in the boat. It was his people freaking out and running around going, oh, mate, we're going to die. Don't you care about us, Jesus? You're going to leave us. The, you're sleeping. Hey. But you notice what Jesus did? Jesus stands up, and the first thing he does is give a little faith. Calms the boat down first. Quiets the boat. Then he goes and says, hey, to the sea. We're never going to be able to handle the external circumstances unless we have the love, the self-control, and have ourselves calm. We can't have a storm going on in here and a storm out there. It doesn't work. You end up in a tornado. Hey. Yeah. So here's the thing about it. You know, we can't control the out-of-control but we can calm ourselves, Amen? You know, and I know it sounds like me standing out here going, man, I've got this all together. I don't worry. I don't fear. Man, I, I, I do. But I've learned how to manage and what I do with that fear and how I let it impact me and how I let it, uh, um, uh, I suppose, uh, how it makes me respond and react. I haven't got it all together. You know, like even putting this message together. Hey, yesterday, I was a bit fearful. Fearful, putting messages together on fear, and I was fearful. I started worrying because I was like, oh, because I'd promised my daughter I'd do something for her, and I had to, sh- and, and I, the, then my car wouldn't start, and I couldn't get, and I, st- I just started freaking out. I'm like, man, here I am writing a message on fear and worry. Worrying. Even James last week, he was putting a, he said he had a hard time, eh, James? You said he had a hard time. He was putting, so he must have had some doubt, and he was speaking on faith. You know, like we, we, we're not immune to it. We have doubts coming. We have. Fears come on. We have worries, but it's what we do with it and how we respond to it. Yeah. I want to finish up on this. Don't be afraid of what Jesus wants to do in your life. He wants to do way more. And I think a lot of us know that. And, and I think it's just he's preparing us for it. But don't be afraid of what Jesus wants to do. He wants to do awesome stuff, even if it is challenging, even if it is hard. Yeah. You know, it's funny... I say to people a lot, you know, do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? And the funniest thing is, before they answer, I can see their mind racing, asking another five questions. Not answering that question, but asking questions like, well, what, will, what does that mean? What will I have to do? What will I have to start doing? What will I have to stop doing? Will, 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 you know, will I have to get a different hairstyle? Will I have to wear a cardigan? Will I have to... Hey. So I, I must admit, before I became a Christian, I thought I had to wear a cardigan. I was looking at cardigans. If I'm honest, I was looking at cardigans. You know what I mean? You, you start asking yourselves all these questions that are way ahead. Hang on a minute, that are irrelevant unless you answer the first question. And the first question is, do you believe in God? And is Jesus the Son of God? I had one person say to me, no, I don't believe he was the Son of God. I believe he was a good man. I said, well, how could he be a good man? He was lying and deceiving everyone. 
God's either the son of God or he's a liar. People feel happy about going, no, he's a good man. Mate, he can't have been a good man if he wasn't the son of God. And here's the thing that I say to them. But don't worry about the questions ahead of time. Worry about that one. Jesus got a plan for the rest. Jesus got everything worked out for the rest. God's got a plan for everyone. Don't worry about what it means. Don't worry what you have to do. Just do it. Just do it. Last scripture, Isaiah 59 verse 1. It says, the Lord's hand is not so shortened that it cannot save. Oh, no, sorry. I'm getting them back to front, Pastor. His, his ear is not dull that he cannot hear, and his hand is not so shortened that he cannot save. God's still hearing, and God's still saving. God's still hearing, and he's still saving. And he's saving us, saving us. But once we're saved, he's still saving us. We still get ourselves in situations where we need help, where we need a hand up, something we're worrying about. I guarantee you, I could talk to every single one of you in this room independently, and you'd have something that you're worrying about at the moment, or something that you're fearful, or something that, I guarantee you, it's just the way of life. It says in the Bible, know that you go through everything that we go through. Brothers and sisters in Christ go through the same things. Sometimes the enemy likes to isolate us so we feel like we're the worst of the worst and we're the only ones that are getting it wrong. And then you hear someone preach and you think, he's got it all together. Man, come, come stay with me for a week, man. I'll blow that out the water. Hey, I rely on God just as much, if not more, than anyone else. Amen. So let's say, let's not worry. You know? And hey, when it come, worry comes, know how to handle it. Handle it. Know how to work it. Father God, Lord, I thank you that you have everything worked out. You know, Lord God, you're in the good, you're in the bad, you're on the, you're on the mountain, you're in the valley. You shine light out of darkness. Lord, nothing's too much for you. You know us so personally that you already know every single thing that we do worry about. And you've already got an answer. You've already got a scripture. You've already got everything that we need, Lord God. So I thank you that we lift our eyes off the, the, the evil in the world and we focus on the power of God in spite, Lord God. Right now, Father God, Lord, we just give you thanks. We give you praise. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, you guys have done really well. Really well. Because that even, that even seemed long for me. <laughs> Even I got bored halfway through. Nah, nah, nah. Just, nah, nah, nah.